And the church said, Amen. Amen. Be seated, please. Good morning. It is good to see you today. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord with those that believe that Jesus Christ is God's one and only Son, that He gave His life for us. He died on the cross for our sins, but the grave could not hold Him. And on the third day, He walked out of the grave. And because of that fact, we too can have salvation through Jesus Christ and Him alone. Amen? Amen. Amen. Certainly this week has been a, a, a busy week for a lot of us for a lot of reasons. And certainly uh, none other than the, no more than the Bymaster family and what they've been through this week and the passing of our sweet sister, Talisa. And the Bymaster family is here today, the entire family. We love them. We, we support them. Know that uh, our hearts go to you and... Uh, uh, tomorrow we're going to have a service uh, honoring this beautiful, beautiful sister of ours. And um, things are heavy there, and I understand that. And so if you get a chance today and visit with them or just let them know that you're praying for them. and I'd like to do that as we start this morning. Father, you, you know life, and you're the, the, you're the giver of life. You're the one that allows us to come to this world and experience, uh, you know, life here on earth and with the families that you've placed us in. There was a design for all of it, and it all comes from you. And Father, there are hearts heavy across the world today, of course, in the loss of their loved ones, because that is part of life and and the circle of life that we all find ourselves. But, Father, for us, our hearts are heavy for the Bymaster family. We pray, Father, that your spirit and your comfort will rest upon them in a powerful and unique and profound way, that you will just give them the spirit of strength and the spirit of your comfort, Father, in this time of their loss. I've said from the very beginning, Father, in prayers with this family, and I'll say it again, I am so thankful for heaven. I am so thankful that Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I'll come again someday to receive you unto myself. It's too soon, but it's your design. And so, Father, we accept you and your will for our lives. Please be with this family. Bless them, Father, as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. As we prepare for this week of Vacation Bible School and all the children that will be here in the next few days, this place will be really hopping in the next uh, uh, 24 hours or so, and a lot of things will be going on. But in keeping of that, we're going to talk about being shipwrecked in our lives. A man went to a lawyer. This one's for Shane back there. The man went to a lawyer that he knew, and he said, I need some legal advice. And he said, how much would it cost me to ask you three questions? And the lawyer simply said, well, that'd be a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars? Isn't that kind of high? The man said. The lawyer said, yep, it sure is. What's your third question? I don't know how many times in our lives that we've needed rescued and not thrown 
um, you know, a weight to sink us, but oftentimes in our lives we find ourselves there nonetheless. How many, how many people do you know who need something more out of life? Perhaps that's even you today, that there's something in your life that just isn't quite right. You might know exactly what it is, but you're unwilling to face it. You may not know what it is, and you're trying to figure that out in your life. Something that is missing in your life. How many, many people are drowning in their, I would simply say, is they're drowning in their own sorrows and their hurts and their pains? There is no doubt, because that goes on in all of our lives. But oftentimes, people even drowned in their successes. Did you know that? Just because one is successful in life or what one says success is in life doesn't mean that they're not burdened with life itself and the things that fall in and upon them in their life. And the very things in life that we think that often will keep us afloat are the very things that often when we get to that place, we found that it's drug us down just a little bit further. Let's do a reading from Mark chapter 4 as we begin this message today. And we know that Jesus is now, he's preparing, he's, he's doing these miracles and all these things are, are happening and all these things are taking place. And the, here it says in, uh, in Mark chapter 4, and this is out of the Living Bible, he says, as evening fell, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took him just as he was and started out leaving the crowds behind, the other boats followed along. But soon a terrible storm arose. High waves began to break into the boat until it was nearly full of water and about to sink. And Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat with, the, with his head on a cushion. Frantically, they, waked, they woke him up and they shouted, Teacher, teacher, don't you even care that we are about to drown? And he got up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, quiet. Another translation says, peace be still. And the wind fell. The wind fell and there was a great calm. And he asked them, why are you so fearful? Don't you even yet have confidence in me? And they were filled with awe and said among themselves, who is this man? Who is this man that even the winds and the seas obey him? Their life, if you look at this story, their life was about to be shipwrecked, and they knew it. Some of these men were seasoned fishermen. They had seen these things before that had come up with their families out on a fishing expedition or whatever the case would be there, but they knew what it was like. But their life was headed for a shipwreck. Why? It was because they could only see the storm. They could only see perhaps the cargo that may have been in the boat tossed around. Perhaps lightning and thunder that was roaring in the, in the clouds. But now in the midst of the storms in our lives, what is it that we do? Normally we do what I suppose they may have done. They, what they would try to do is we, and we try to do, is we try to fix it. We try to fix our storms. When we find ourselves in the middle of something in life, we find ourselves trying to fix it. That's what men do. We fix things. No, I don't know about you, but when I'm doing some plumbing, I don't fix it. I tear it up. <laughs> but we try to fix the storms of our lives. 
Another thing we try to do in that is we just try to wish it away. We just wish it wasn't here. And so we do multiple things in that area of our life. And then there's another one. We just try to control it. We're just trying our best to steer ourselves out of the storm. We're just doing our very best to do what we can to control it. And normally when we do that, perhaps we make it worse. Oftentimes we do. And when we make it worse, we really know that we need to call someone. The problem is in the midst of these types of storms, there's no one to call. I can't call you because you're in the storm with me. What are you going to do? There were men there. They were trying to, well, steer this way. We'll steer that way. Well, you put your oar deeper. Let's anchor deep. Let's do this. Let's do all these things. But nothing was working. And so when there's nothing working, it comes down to it. And God gets our attention, doesn't he? And you come to realize that there's nothing else we can do except rely on God right where we need to be in the first place. Now, where was Jesus in all of this? It's fascinating because Jesus is asleep. He's calm. He's resting. In the midst of the storm, Jesus is resting. And they're confused by that. That's where they wanted to be. They wanted to be in the calm of life. They wanted things calm. They just thought, we get in the boat, we cross to the lake. The lake, we're we're good to go. We go on about our mission. And that's the way we feel in our lives oftentimes, isn't it? We just want to get in our car. We just get up in the morning. The sun comes up. We want to drink our coffee. We want to eat our breakfast. We want to get out the door. and We want to get on with our day. And we want to be able to come in after the day. We want to push the garage door open. We want to pull into the garage door. We want to get in and get a nice cold lemonade or whatever the case is. And we want to just relax, watch some TV or do whatever. That's what we want. That's all they wanted. But it doesn't always happen that way, does it? Their calm was right in the midst of them, and all they had to do was to wake him up. I find that interesting. Listen to me, I don't know what storm that you might be going through in your life. You know, the problem with storms, we don't know how long they're going to last. That's the problem with storms. Some of you have been in a storm for a long, long time, and you're wondering if you're about on the edge of getting out of that storm. We don't know when it's coming. We don't know how long it's going to take or when we're going to get out of this storm. But we all go through storms, don't we? And those storms that we go through can come in different types of things. I don't know, but in the storms, it can cause us to be shipwrecked. The storms causes us to be shipwrecked in our lives. And perhaps that's where you're at today. Perhaps that's where some that aren't here today are. They're shipwrecked in their life. And shipwrecked is not a place you want to be or not what you want to do because multiple things can happen. But you can be shipwrecked for multiple things. It can be an emotional thing. It can be a physical thing. If it's a physical thing, it could be a health problem because I know some of you here that have major health problems. You don't want it, but you have it. It's a heart condition. It can be a cancer. The word cancer just scares us even in that process. It's the healing. It's the pain. It's the addiction that people go through. And all of those things wave over us in our lives. So it can be a physical thing. But it can also be, if you will, an emotional thing. Because God has given us that emotion. And in that, it can be heartaches. It can be brokenness. It can be depression. It can be anxiety. It can be loneliness that people feel. Even though they're in a crowd, they're as lonely as ever. 
and they're there and they find themselves. Could be someone walked out on you. Could be a loss of a loved one. It's the brokenness and the emotions are running wild. It can also be a spiritual thing. A spiritual thing in our lives. Oftentimes when the physical and the emotional gets out of whack, it causes our spiritual life to take a hit too. And so now we can be shipwrecked not only in one area of our lives, but all of it. Because when we land on the shore of that deserted island, when we're wrecked, we're there completely, physically, emotionally, and spiritually in our lives. What I want you to hear and I want you to hear this well, is because this is what we're going to try our very best to teach all these children to come into this building this week. Where you're setting, there's going to be a 3-year-old, a 5-year-old, 11-year-old, or whatever. And I would ask before you leave your seat this morning that you pray for the child that's sitting exactly where you're sitting right now. And that the Spirit of God would move through that child in some way, some powerful way in their life. Because what we're trying to do this week is to get our children to know that Jesus cares for them. And that Jesus will rescue them throughout their life. If we can plant that seed into the heart of these little children, who knows that seed that we plant this week that will grow into something wonderful throughout their lives. And so that when they find themselves in the midst of a storm or even being shipwrecked, that they may recall back in 2018, I remember them talking about this one called Jesus that would come to my rescue and that they run to Jesus with open arms and seeing him welcoming them as well back into his arms. That's our prayer for this week. So what do you do in the storm? Again, you can try to fix it, wish it away, or control it. And many of you, that is precisely what you're trying to do right now, isn't it? You're not going to tell anybody. You're not going to tell your mate. You're not going to tell your parents. You're not going to tell your friends. You're not going to tell the preacher. Certainly not the preacher. But you're just there, aren't you? You're trying your best to wish it away. But every morning when you get up, it reminds you. I hadn't gone anywhere. I'm still there. You, so you're trying your best to do all of those things. Well, let me tell you what the key is to your success. The key to your success is this. You can write it down. There is a breakthrough. This is when I, when I, went, to, I, I went to Oklahoma City this week. I had no idea what I was going to speak on. This was on, I think it was Monday. may have been Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday was a long day. And... Um, as I was headed up there, it, it just occurred to me this statement that I'm going to make. And I said, that's going to be my message. And so I pulled over and I jotted this down. There is a breakthrough in your life about to happen in the midst of your storm when you wake up Jesus. But you've got to wake him up. That means you need to be active. You think Jesus didn't know what was going on in that boat? Do you think that Jesus didn't know that the winds and the waves? Did you not think that Jesus felt the water lap over him? He was just waiting on them to ask a question of the Messiah. 
There's a breakthrough in your life about to happen in the midst of your storm when you wake up Jesus. What you desire more than anything else in your life in the midst of your storm, physical, emotional, spiritual, do you know what it is? Peace. You want to rewind and get back to a place where you felt like, whoo, it's great on the beach and I'm here because I want to be, not because I'm shipwrecked. You want calm in your life. That's what we long for. We want peace. Now watch this. I'm going to just show you a few scriptures. I jotted down a bunch, but I'm going to give you a few here this morning. But in Isaiah, the foretelling of the coming of Christ, notice what it says. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. We say this all at Christmas time. And it's all true, isn't it? Of the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He's on his way. Peace is on its way. That's what what it's all about in the Old Testament. Peace is on its way. Peace is on its way until Christ came. Now peace is here. It's among us. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 14 as we read this one. Peace I leave with you. You remember this? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. In the midst of our storms, in the midst of our shipwrecks of life, that's what we do. We become fearful, and that's what the disciples did. They became fearful, and Jesus said, this peace I leave with you, don't be afraid. Trust in me. I will give you the peace that passes this. John 16, notice what it says. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Why did he tell us that? I said, I've told you all these things so that in me you can have peace. But notice what it says. In this world you will have trouble, shipwrecks. They come. But take heart. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Because this world is not our home. We're just a passing through. Our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue, the old song says. And isn't that good news? Amen? In the midst of this, I want to talk about, I jotted down three stories, again, on the way to Oklahoma City. Maybe I need to drive more to Oklahoma City, or maybe I need to drive less. I'm not really sure. So I jotted down three stories, and I'm just, man, some of my best preaching is in the car, I will tell you. And um, you should just be there. I think you would agree. But um, So I jotted down three stories, and I said, okay, which one I want to pick? And I just pulled one out of the hat. That's all I can do because Jim said I can't give you a three-part, you know, three sermons in one today. But so here's the one I want to give. And it's really on my heart. It's on my heart for a lot of reasons. And I, I come back to this story a lot in, in, throughout my years here. And there's a reason for it. And I haven't quite figured it out yet except that God wants me there. And, in, and this particular person that we'll, we'll visit here just for a moment, It must be an important story. Why do I know that it's important? It's important because it's in three of the four Gospels. So it must be important. They all, three of them, wanted to emphasize. Actually, it's mentioned in the fourth just briefly. Some would say that's really not it. But nonetheless, three out of the four Gospels, it's mentioned the story. And so it's like, do you get it? I don't think you got it. You need to get it again. You get it? You got it. No, I don't think you did. You got to get it again. Your mom ever tell you that? And then when you left, you didn't get it? 
That's why she told you three times. Because then when you come back and you say, I didn't hear you say that. I told you three times. I needed four. Okay, here we go. This one's found in Mark chapter 5. It's a story about this woman. that She had a bleeding issue. A large crowd followed. And again, all these miracles are taking place. And everywhere Jesus went, now crowds are just gathering in. He's like this rock star. He is gathering in. And they got to keep people pushed away because he's bumping up against everybody. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been a subject to bleeding for 12 years. Shipwrecked. See, for us, it's easy to read, not for this woman, 12 years. If you bleed for 12 years, you know what you are? You're anemic. You are pale, and everyone knows you're sick. Everyone. Man, something's wrong with that lady. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. She tried everything. We'll get to that. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him, the crowd, and she touched his cloak because she thought, catch this, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Shipwreck. Now watch. At once Jesus realized the power had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and he asked, Who touched my clothes? (laughs) The disciples come back with this brilliant. What do you mean who touched you? Everybody's touching you. Everybody's around here. How do you know that? And Jesus kept on. He said, I know somebody's touched me. He kept looking around to see what had happened. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, she came and fell at his feet and trembled with fear, told him the whole truth, the whole story. He said to her, daughter, don't over... Again, we read that real quick. When he says daughter, it changes everything. It changes everything for her, but it changes a lot for a lot of the people around her. Daughter. It's his daughter? I didn't even know he was married. (laughs) Daughter. I believe this woman right here just gets a double portion. Daughter. Oh, my. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. I want you to notice a few things right here. They're real quick so you can jot them down if you like. Not, that's okay too. Number one, as we mentioned earlier, shipwrecks happen in all of our lives, some seemingly worse than others. Yours compared to mine may not seem like much. We all have priorities. We all have things going on in our lives. Every single one of us, but every single one of us have been in a shipwreck or will be in a shipwreck because shipwrecks happen. We don't want them. Anybody want a shipwreck? No. Nobody gets on a ship. Yeah, I think I'll just go out here and get in a shipwreck. Doesn't happen that way. But shipwrecks happen in all of our lives. This lady had been in a physical shipwreck that left her spit up on the shore of a deserted island for 12 long years. Some of you have been on an island just like this lady. You don't want to be there. 
I understand that. But there you are nonetheless, aren't you? Harley, if the people only knew, someone's thinking that right now. I have put on my best for Sunday. I've put on my smile and I'm sitting here or I'm going to be listening to this at some point and I'm thinking to myself, man, he is reading me and I hope he doesn't look at me because I'll give it away. People feel like that. Do you know people feel like that when they come to church? They don't come to church all, hoo-hoo, hey, everything's great. That's what they tell you, but everything great ain't everything great. Are you there today? You have something in common, don't you? You've been in a shipwreck. You're on a deserted island. And you're wondering, you're wondering, will anyone come to my rescue? Number two, shipwrecks drain you, don't they? This means yes. Shipwrecks drain you. They do. One word can drain your life. The doctor walks in and says, I'm sorry. One call can drain you. It happens in our lives. Shipwrecks drain us physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and I would say even financially. This lady did everything she could to survive. Notice what it says. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. All the things that I've been trying to do, it's just getting worse. I've been trying to work on this marriage and it's getting worse. I've been trying to work on my finances and it's getting worse. I've been trying to work on my health and it's getting worse. I've been trying to deal with this this depression and it seems to be getting worse. And it gets worse and it's worse. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm at wit's end. Shipwrecks drain us. That may be what you're in the middle of doing is just trying to survive, but nothing seems to help. You're just putting one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other, and you're trying your best to pull it along yourself, and you're wondering, when will they see my SOS? Number three, in the midst of your shipwreck, remember, remember, Remember what? Who was available to come to your rescue. In the middle of your shipwreck, what I want to get across to you more than anything, I think, is in the middle of your shipwrecks of life, remember who longs to come to your rescue. His name is Jesus. Name above all names. How do I know that? Is because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God, God sent His one and only Son from the heavens. Jesus stepped out of the heavens in perfection of eternal, of eternity, and stepped into time that we had messed up to rescue us. There should be a shout of a hallelujah there, I'm telling you. 
midst of our shipwrecks, remember who is available to come to our rescue. His name is Jesus. Once the waves, once the lightning, once the thunder, and what's in the midst of the storm hit you, and you do as humans do, you try to fix it, you try to wish it away, or you try to control it, please understand, discover this. The source of your power is ever-present. Wake him up! Somebody needs to be told that. Remember the movie? Snap out of it! Wake up! Wake him up! He is calm, and he wants you to know he is ready, willing, and able to rescue you because there is nowhere you can go that you cannot be found by God. Number four, in the midst of your shipwrecks, this one is, I can't tell you how important this one is. In the midst of your shipwrecks, don't forget to worship the Father. At the feet of Jesus is where we need to stay before, during, and after, it is true. But certainly during the storm, during the shipwreck itself, stay at the feet of Jesus. In Luke's account here in chapter 8, we switch over to that because I like this particular statement here in this verse. I'll show you a few things in this one. It says, then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, she couldn't go unnoticed. What happened? Do you remember when I said that she, everybody noticed that she was sick because she was anemic? Now there's something's changed about this woman, and it could go, it couldn't go unnoticed by people. Notice what it says: she came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. This is why I came to this passage or this person in their shipwreck because of this. If you notice in this particular passage right here, this verse, it says, at his feet. At the foot of the cross, we are forgiven. At the feet of Jesus, we worship. We worship God. We humbly bow ourselves before God. Why? Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will rescue you. That's when we get rescued, is when we bow before the Lord. She is at his feet, worshiping the Messiah. The disciples were saying, we don't know who it was. She said, it was me, it was me. Oh, it was me, Lord, it was me. Standing in the need of prayer, we sing. I like the next statement in this one too, is this is, and all the, in front of all the people or in, in the presence of all the people, it says. That one's fascinating right there, presence of all the people. Why? Why that? Is if you are truly shipwrecked in life, when your rescuer comes, (laughs) you're not holding back. You don't care who sees you. Because all you desire is to be 
saved, rescued. I'm gladly tell everybody I'm rescued. Yes. Makes a difference, doesn't it? Some people, well, I don't. I'm over here. You're on a deserted island. Nothing's left. Coconut oil's ran out. And you're there 12 years. And, and there's this big cruiser going by. And people are out on deck and you can see them. Hey, hey. I don't care if you're naked. You're going to say, hey, hey. Why? Because your desire is to be rescued. Then he goes on to say, didn't stop. She told why she had touched him. She told why. Now remember, the Messiah is just watching this woman. He's just watching, and and she's explaining all this. I want to tell you why I touched him. Why did she touch him? Because she believed. The Scripture told us that. Because she believed that if she could just touch his garment, that she would be healed. Look, I've done everything else. I've spent everything else. I'm, look at me. I'm a wreck. Look at me. Blood stains all over my body, my clothes. I can't get rid of this. I am spent. There's nothing left except the Lord. And they say that he can do this. And if I believe it, I can just touch his garment. I don't even have to talk to the guy. I can just touch his garment. I touch his garment. I'm going to be healed. I believe that. And let me tell you why I touched it. Because I believe that he could heal me. Belief. What we have to have. It's all based, our whole process of being Christians based upon our belief in God. Period. Oh, we got to do this, we got to do it. No, God. I believe. Because without that, nothing else sets place, does it? So she doesn't care. Who knows it? And then the last one there, she says, What? She says, It goes on to say, and how she had been instantly healed. She knew she was healed. There's just something about that. You just know that you know that you know that you've been healed. All of you that are Christians, listen closely. You remember the time when you gave your life to Christ? Dave, when you walked an aisle at Christian camp or maybe a revival. Mine was at a, at a revival. Gordon Smith was preaching on June the 20th, 1969. Utica Church of Christ, Utica, Michigan. I didn't plan on getting rescued that night. I didn't go to get rescued that night. But when I realized that I was shipwrecked, I wanted saved. And in the process of that, you remember the time when you gave your life to Christ and you surrendered to Him and you were baptized for the forgiveness of your sins? You remember that? How'd that make you feel? You didn't care who saw you and how'd that make you feel? I love what Shirley Hanley always said. She said, even when you come for prayer in front of the congregation, she says, to me, it's like being baptized all over again. She says, there's this feeling that comes over you of something has been released. From you. You just know it, don't you? 
Do you know when you're clean with Jesus? How's that make you feel? Makes you feel good, don't it? Doesn't it? Do you approach his throne sometimes and not go away with your healing? You know that too, don't you? We've been there, haven't we? This lady knew it. We used to sing the song, um, Let us worship the Father, worship the Father, worship the Father in glory. Let us worship the Father, worship the Father of love. We will glorify, we will glorify the Lord, whatever it goes. But it's beautiful because we worship the Father in the midst of all that. Don't forget to worship the Father. And number five, we're done. You can find peace and freedom even if you have been in a shipwreck. Isn't that good to know? Because see, see, some people, they just give up. They just give up in life. Please tell somebody, don't give up. You got a cousin, you got a friend, you got a son, you got a daughter, you got an aunt, you got an uncle, you got a mom, you got a dad, brother, sister. You got somebody in your life. And you know by looking at them, they, you already know it. If you were, hey, they've just given up. They've just given up. They've just given up. Tell them not to give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Because you can find peace and freedom in the midst of your shipwreck as well. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Here's the final statement. God wants to free you from something today. God wants to free you from something today. And I don't know if somebody, I I believe somebody needs to hear that. Really? He wants to free you from something that has caused you to be shipwrecked in your life. And I don't know what that is, but you do and he does. Now, one last thing. The worst shipwreck that a person, and listen closely, the worst shipwreck that a person can be in is where some of you are today. And this is the truth. And you may not even know it. The worst shipwreck that you can be in is a thing called sin. It's the worst. And the reason why it is is because unless you recognize it and acknowledge it, you can never be rescued. The good news is Christ is available. He is willing and able to remove your sin and rescue you from the worst shipwreck that you will ever face in your life. That's a good, good God. The only way you can miss God's rescue, the only way you can miss God's rescue or miss God's love is because you choose to. Do you want to be rescued? Do you want to be rescued from what you've been going through? He's asleep, he's calm, and he's willing to be awakened at any moment. All you got to do is wake him up. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And in Galatians, I found this one this week, and I say, May peace and the blessing be yours from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He died for our sins, just as God our Father planned and rescued us from the evil world in which we live or rescued us from our shipwrecks of life.
Whatever your need is today, don't hesitate. I need rescued, God. Wake him up. Whatever your need is, you come together as we stand and we sing.